increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. The podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Market My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Market My STR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to MarketMySTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarketMySTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with Mark and my STR. Hey, welcome back to STRonomics, everybody. I am joined by Kenny Bedwell. What's up, my man? Hey, 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 hey. So we're going to talk about big deals today, Kenny. And uh, I hear, big you, like, deals. I, like, I I hear like you found a big one. You got a monster bass and you're under contract in Logan, Ohio. Can you confirm or deny that? I will. I will deny that. <laughs> you're not under contract in Logan, Ohio. I am not under contract. Oh, I guess my intel was rumor was, was you were under contract, but I I'm under contract in Banner Elk and well, I'm under contract in Banner Elk, two in the OBX, one at Smith Lake, and already in renovation in Gulf Shores right now. And they're all big deals. That's why I kind of want to talk about it because I know you've got some big deals that are out there through Property Finder for your clients. I've got some big ones that are under contract, a couple of six bedroom beach fronts. Turning a yeah. six bedroom into an eight bedroom with a bunk room in Gulf Shores, turning a seven bedroom into an Arkell mega super property, a 13 bedroom, nine bath. And you know, I just said, I just kind of showed you my cards. You know, I told you where I'm at. And then I got the smaller property in Banner Elk right now that I'll close on in a couple of weeks. Where or not, I don't even know if we should say where, but what type of, let's start with what type of, of big deals are you finding? And if somebody came to you and you had, no clue who they were. What would you classify a big deal as? So for me, uh, I don't know. It's kind of subjective, right? It's like a big deal or properties that are going to generate over $150,000 in gross revenue. The reason I'd say 150 is because it starts to get a little gray at 150 in terms of like potential. So in data points. So when we're looking at a market, uh, we'll take, you know, West North Carolina, right? So like there's probably a few thousand properties in that market. I need to look at the exact number, but you know, and you look at the percentage that are doing 150,000 or less, it's probably like 90, 95%, right? So once you hit about that 150K mark above and beyond, it's like there's not many, and the data starts to get really like variable because you have to be good at what you do and you have to provide a good product to kind of hit that higher revenue tier. You have to have a bigger property, and it's just like the numbers really, really start to drop off. And I think you properties that have that potential. It's not really just about the property, right? It's not just the property. It's not just the STR insights or RDNA data. There's a lot of intangibles that go into doing those big numbers, right? Exactly. I mean, you have like a unicorn 
you know, you paid whatever, 370 for Watkins Glen, and you're going to do over 150 there, right? And you're yeah. going to do over 150? No, no, no. Oh, no, I thought you were going to do like 140, 150. What are you, what are you going to do there? 100. Okay, gotcha. I mean, I'll um, take it. <laughs> so, I mean, look, I mean, only, 100, only 100 on a 370 for 100K all day long. I mean, sign three, me up. 350, Bill, 350. <laughs> so, what, I mean, really, what, what classifies a big deal? I think people, you know, see like some of the stuff that I do, and we see some other people, the Arkells have big properties, Manish, the three largest properties in the OBX. But a big deal is really your return on investment, right? You've got a tremendous return on investment. $379,000 purchase, whatever you're doing, a hundred grand, you know, year number one, first half year, year number two, right? That's a more sound investment than somebody that's going to spend $900,000 to do 200 grand or $185,000 in revenue, right? Because as you get a bigger property, usually insurance is higher, you add more amenities, so you have more ARV inside of it. Uh, lawn care is more expensive. Utilities are more expensive. Cleaning is more expensive. You know, that kind of goes up. And that's why the, the COC shrinks, even though the cash flow increases, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there is different qualifications for big deals. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I think it from the beginning, it's, it is subjective. But for me, from a data standpoint, that's kind of what I see, like the properties at the next level are doing over 150 and those are big deals in Kenny's eyes. The eyes What's the consistent in those big deals that you see from a data perspective, right? It's, it's in, I think this podcast is really interesting and I, I don't, you know, you're the, the play by play guy and I'm the color commentator. Right. And, yeah. and it's interesting. I own, and, and it, it's, it's interesting, like about the banner elk property that we were on our last accelerator call and literally Tyler texts it to me. Then I text it to you. And then you run the comps and then I look at how I'm going to go above what the comps are. Right. And right. that's, I think it's the, the perfect dynamic. So I'm just going to put you on the spot. What's the biggest revenue property you found through your property finder business? Um, or, actually, let me rephrase that. What's the biggest revenue property that someone has purchased potential revenue when they use your property finder? So we got one in Texas that's going to do over 300 K in gross revenue. Yeah. Is it Port Aransas area? Is it like no. beachfront, Crystal Beach? Is Are we talking Hill Austin, country. Dripping Springs area? Hill Country, yeah. Is it single family or a, a multiple units? It's uh, single family, actually. It's huge. Single family. How yeah. many bedrooms? Six or seven. I'll have to go back. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a big, big property, big estate kind of thing, you know, very right. Texas. Like, yeah, it's it's a cool property. It was one, it was like 1.7 million. Wow. So, yeah. 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 So that's probably been the biggest one and revenue. And then all our other ones are like, we have one in Austin right now. And then guy who listens avidly to this is, is listening and all this. He'll probably send me an email after this or something, but or a message, but his is going to do well over 200 lots, Maine, North Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, those 200,000 Michigan, even found lot there is going to do 200 K. So, I mean, we have, a war room member and a mastermind member in Newry, Maine, right? No, in, in Newry, I mean, you know, Allen's, he's going to do two, he'll do 200 at his place. If we get his listing optimization, his marketing, his revenue management done, Scott Sarver will probably do the same, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting to me that the markets yield those larger numbers. And there's multiple properties that you probably found when you were looking in the Dripping Springs area or the Austin area or wherever you were looking. 
for this guy there. And you see, don't, I assume you see the consistencies, right? Like I'm doing the, the beachfront properties and the OBX right now. And there's a lot, a lot of consistency there. But the thing that I love about the OBX, there, there's like the OBX, there's a catch 22. I mean, the, 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 the post-close cash is ridiculous because all of those properties are literally just, none of them are maintained. There's water intrusion. You got to put in new windows, new sliders, new decking, new siding, new roofing on every one of those properties, rip out flooring. Everything's 40 years old. So you better have a lot of cash to be able to go in there. But the return when you upgrade those properties is some of the most significant that I've seen in a single family home, you know, from an ARV standpoint, it's, it's pretty insane. Right. Is the property that you sold to that gentleman outside of Austin, was it turnkey? Or did he have to go in and add, do a lot of rehab to get it up to, to generate that revenue? No, so it's not. It's actually, uh, so it's a residential home that we're turning into short-term rental. It's not quote-unquote turnkey, but it also already updated. So he does have to come in. It has a huge backyard. I mean, pool and like, they kind of have like a cornhole area, but I mean, like, it's just, they have like a little play, like a little playground. It's like, there's so much more that could be added to that property and the potential there. And I think that's why we really liked it was it is what you can add to it. And that's what we see with a lot of these properties. You're not, so when you're finding these deals, I want to go back to like the topic of finding a lot of these big deals that have this revenue potential, they're not going to scream, oh, I'm going to make 200K in your face. You know, you got to go, great. What are the attributes of a successful 200K property already in that market? And then does this property that I'm analyzing, does it have that potential? Can it, if I add those things to this property, like the pool or, you know, updates or whatever, can it hit that potential? But you're never going to find a turnkey unless you're going to overpay. You know, I see all the time the Smokies, like $2 million property. Oh yeah, that's going to do over 200,000. But it's also- And it does 125. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But uh, no, I mean, it could do two million, you know, 200,000, but like, uh, theoretically like 10% gross ROI. But you know, that, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking like maybe a million dollar property or 1.2 million that's going to do 200K. You've got to find, you got to figure out what works in the marketplace. So go, I guess, taking a step back even further and finding these type of deals, you're not going to find these out in the boonies or in the middle of nowhere. They're only going to be in high traffic and vacation rental markets. So Austin is an urban market, but it's also a vacation kind of destination city. Same thing with Asheville, North Carolina. And it's people travel though, they vacation there. And, you know, it is a city, but it's a vacation market. So, and there are properties in that market. And when I say properties, I'm looking for at least five. That's my criteria. At least five properties in that market that are generating $200,000 or more. Yeah, it gives me a, yes, it can be done here line. If there's only one, that's really, you know, well, that, that's sus. <laughs> so, right. I agree yeah. with you. It's interesting that you bring up Asheville because I'm under contract with it for a client of mine on, uh, you probably saw that. I'm sure you've seen it. It's in Arden. It's 5.8 acres. It has three pickleball courts, a sport court, the putting green, the really nice outdoor yeah. amenities. The couple Wait, that own it. Is this the one? The one two? It was 1.3. We ended up getting it at like 1.225. But the family, the couple that owned it, it was a, it's not an STR, it's a single family home. They put incredible heaters and, you know, tremendous outdoor kitchens and the, the, the putting green, all the stuff, because that's what they do is they trick out backyards, right? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't on many people's radar because it's a three bedroom, two bath, but it has 
like a 1,280 square foot basement with a built-in kitchen, bathroom. Literally, we're going to put in two 10 by 10 rooms. We'll turn it into a five bedroom. We'll have 14 occupancy. We'll still have enough room for the game room, all that type of stuff. And then leverage really that outdoor side. So I see a lot of, a lot of it in the big, having the blueprint you know, to create a super property means you need land in a lot of cases, right? You look at what, what Reitman's doing, you know, in both Banner Elk and in the Dripping Springs area. You know, you said that this property that you got for your client through your property finder service, you know, it has land and it has stuff to be able to expand and build stuff more than just dropping in a hot tub, you know, or a small lap pool or something like that. And I think you talk to as many people as I do, if not more on the investing side on a daily or a weekly basis. I'm of the belief that people that are looking for bigger deals, and I'm not talking just like $1.52 million plus, ones that are just going to max out the revenue and the cash flow, they focus too much on the, in, the, the interior of the property as opposed to the outside footprint. I see in the consistency of what I do in the properties that I look at in the enemy method is outside to me is more important than what happens on the inside. If I have the footprint to be able to build externally, I can create things that other people won't create. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it depends. It really depends on the market. I, when I use, I, so I created a new system I use for evaluating. I call it the tier-based method. And so the tier-based method is- There's a lot of methods in our industry. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. No, I, I just, from practice, I found that every market is kind of different. And for most markets, what you're talking about, the absolutely correct, the outside amenities, the the space. However, I have seen, even in Western North Carolina, um, we'll take Tyler Coon's property, for example, properties with massive square footage that don't necessarily have the outdoor kind of features are also doing really, really well. You got to leverage that though. You can't just, oh, I have, you know, 5,000 square feet. I'm going to make more money. What are you going to do with that 5,000 square feet? But you're right, though. People do focus too much on the interior quality of the properties when, and they don't do enough research on the market itself of what drives revenue. It could be the space and the, having that, like, you know, the fact that 16 to 20 people can sleep inside the property comfortably, not just, you know, there's 20 futons. People can, like, sleep on that. No, counting couches as your right. beds as your discussed earlier. That's funny. Um, but John's like, what? I sleep on a couch every night. <laughs> oh man. Inside joke, inside joke. But no, I, it has to do with, you know, what drives revenue in that market. And if it is, a lot of times it is the outdoor. It might be the pool, might be, you know, the barrel sauna, pickleball court, whatever it is. And then identifying that and leveraging that, or it could be the interior, but maximizing what the interior offers, the theater room, the game room, the uh, you know, the speakeasy room, the poker table, like those different things that, that actually can have an impact or the Nerf gun wall. <laughs> so there's like, you know, who knows, but it, it's all about finding those things. Everything you said there, Kenny, was unique. Yeah. Unique. Right. And that's, I think, where people, part of one of the places where people go wrong, they don't do unique. They're not, aggr they're not aggressive enough. You know, it's not just about the accent wall. Now everybody's doing accent walls. Everybody's using wallpaper. Everybody's you know, the doing same that stuff. Paper. Everyone has the same. What are you going to do different? I honestly have never seen a Nerf gun wall. So I want to see what this Nerf gun wall thing's all about. Yeah, I, I posted it. Uh, it's in my Facebook group. You go to my Facebook group. I posted a thing on it. So yeah, it was in Gallup. Oh, you didn't hang out like one of your mastermind OGs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think you still have like admin rights in there. So 
No, go, no, seriously, they have a Nerf gun. Like all these, I'm not saying do this. Please don't. No, nobody listen. I, I would strongly, because your cleaners, don't give your cleaners a hard time, but they have, there. I, sh- I showed two properties in the same neighborhood, same floor plans, literally next to each other. One's generating $40,000 more than the other one's a three bedroom. So they're both three bedrooms. And I'm like, what's the difference? Look at the listings, you know? One's got crazy lighting, a disco light, and a Nerf gun wall. Like they literally, they have a gap, like a Gatling gun, Nerf gun. That's like awesome. Just, I don't, like that's so cool. Nobody has it. The other one was actually really nicely like furnished, but it was just kind of the, the same furnishings you would get anywhere in the Smokies, you right. know, like the, the bare look and stuff. It's like, yeah, it's that's nice, but it isn't like different. It's not unique. You know, you you did a Instagram reel on your Instagram last week or a few days ago that I saw, and I didn't know you were doing this. And I don't know if when you picked that property, you knew that I hosted it or not. So you can give the background here in a second. Um, and it was Sea Haven. It's two doors down from my number one property. And I co-host that for a really good friend of mine. And I think you said that it was doing like 212. It was like 241 or something like that. But there's it, what you just said. It's it's nice, but there are no there are no murals. There's no accent walls. It's regular furniture. It's nice. It's not beachy, and it's got a pool. There's nothing else special about that house except it's tier two with unencumbered views of the beach. That's the sales point, right? It's that proximity and location. It's directly across the street, and it's at the same four houses from my Dragonfly property that's open. Right. So right. the market that is almost beachfront. Unfortunately, I love my I love my friend Bill that owns it, but he won't let me, you know, spend thousands on murals or hot tubs or bikes or whatever that is. But it's just that one thing to hang the hat on because that same property, you know, in a PM company or whatever is doing around 160 versus, you know, 160 to 185 versus the two, 230 to 240. And I think even for bigger revenue producing properties, it's still the the basics, right? Location, views, proximity, and yeah. then everything else kind of adds on. Right. And in that case, you know, it's emphasizing the views of the water, right? So it's like that, that honestly, believe it or not, having better views of the water is more important than having really good beach access. Like you can have, you can have a condo that has amazing beach access, but if it has no views of the water, it's not going to do as well as a property that's maybe tier two that has great views of the water because people are visual. And so when we're, when we're looking and trying to find, you know, those, those big deals like that, those are things we got to look for, pay attention to. That's part of the marketing process, right? Yeah. And and that's, and that's part of your evaluation process. And that's part of your underwriting, you know, process. This house I'm under contract in Banner Elk. The reason Tyler sent it to me is I've been looking since I invested there for something to walk to downtown and he sent it to me and it's as close as you can get. But Right now, when we were there, we just got back today, there was light dustings of snow and it was really icy yesterday and today. It's as close as I can get to downtown, Kenny, but I can't walk it right now because the road is too steep going down and it's too narrow. So it's really not walkable. It's a hundred yards to get to downtown going down the back hill. Like if you want to sled down it in the winter in the snow, yeah. that'd be awesome. So you're hundred percent correct. Really, it's, it's not accessible like the beach access you talked about to walk. It's not really what I want, but it's so close in the views. I can't wait for that thing to be covered in snow and the lights on at night. And I can see Sugar Mountain and their lights on over downtown Banner Elk and that village. The marketability for that completely succumbs the ability not to be able to walk 
you know, downtown. And I think a lot of people don't really understand that. And that's why my number one property is my number one property. It's the house is nice. I got amenities, but it's the same thing as that Sea Haven property. Kenny, you can go to Kenny's Instagram at Kenny underscore Bedwell and see it. Or maybe it was, was it on yours or was it on STR Insights? Yours probably. Yeah. And you can see even through the, the photos in the front of the listing that he was showing that you can see the water through the windows. So that second part of that, that is the marketability and making sure, like I've got Andrew Keller going to Gulf Shores to reshoot that property, reshoot my other properties down there and a couple other co-hosting properties next week. And the, he's like, what do you, anything special? I said, every fucking window that has a view of the water better be the best photos out of the lot. And there's two beachfront properties and two of those tier two properties that he's going to shoot. That's where I get the marketability from. That's what increases the revenue, as Kenny said. And the views are more important than the proximity. I think in most cases for me, I'm looking for proximity first. But if it's like the beach, I'm looking for views first. I learned that with my very first beach house, Bella Vista. And then I'm looking for proximity and that kind of ties into location. Any parting shots, Kenny, on finding big deals? No, I, I just go, going back to it again, very beginning, if you're looking for a big deal like that, you're going to want to target vacation markets where that's, where that, like, like that's really only where we find them. So vacation markets, and you want to look for, in my opinion, at least five deals that hit that revenue number that you consider is a big deal. And that will give you confidence to get something there. Do the so. same thing that I do. Check out the gross ROI on STR Insights. Get in your budget, your bedroom count, get the five deals and go up one bedroom count, down one bedroom count and look at the competition there as well. Then look at your canvas and figure out what you're going to do externally first that fits in your budget to separate and then go internally. And that's how you're going to be able to take Kenny's data and then add my color commentary to, to it to get a big deal in your next super property. Thanks, Kenny. I hope you uh, get to feeling better. I know you're under the weather a little bit and uh, I look forward to seeing you in Montana in about a week. Sounds good. Happy hosting, everybody. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today.